soon as I saw it, I went, my brain, I didn't change expression at all, but my brain went, this is not going to be good. My life at this moment, and it could change, but at this moment is BC and AD, mm-hmm. before cancer, after diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Sometimes there are moments in our life, events happen, and our world stops. And sometimes it just feels like the world just literally stops turning. Today, we're going to have a conversation with someone very special about one of those moments. Welcome to the Dust Your Mud podcast. And we are very excited to welcome my mom to the podcast room and to uh, meet you guys today. So I would like you all to meet Mrs. Linda McGlamory. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I... I've been looking forward to this, honestly, before you even mentioned it, yeah. that you you know, would see if I would be willing to join you. I had already thought through many of the things that I would say if right. I was given the opportunity. So thank you, right. guys. Thank you. Um, before we go any further, I have a bit of laryngitis. I'm going to talk less than I normally do. What? Some people might be happy. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Hey, that's okay, because I'm a talker. If it takes a hundred <laughs> words, I will probably use a thousand. So w- I can make up for this. We're okay. good. We got this. Off you go. <laughs> Off I go. <laughs> so I, I thought maybe we would start just with a little bit of who are you, some kind of background. I definitely want you to touch on your um, professional life and professional background, if you would. Just take a moment to... To introduce yourself, maybe? Okay. All right. Well, um, I, Linda McGlamory, right? Um, I decided some time in you guys' life, after you were already up and going in school, that um, I would uh, want to pursue a bachelor's degree. And so I completed a bachelor's degree in education in 1987. Now, I was born in 53. Um, I attribute that to a principal that I had at the time who encouraged me to be to get my teaching degree. And I said, gosh, I'd be 30-something years old by the time I got my degree. And he said, and how old will you be if you don't? Right. <laughs> so uh, bachelor's degree in education. I am one of those crazy folks that love middle schoolers. Sorry, <laughs> I love you guys. Um <laughs> And then, so I spent uh, the first half of my career, about 15 years, uh, in the classroom teaching math to middle school students. And um, so then I really have always enjoyed counseling. And um, I'm trying to think how old I was, but I can tell you that I finished a 60-hour master's degree in 2005. So I was, what? 52, 53, 52 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're never too old to continue your education. And so I spent the second half of my career in school counseling and loved it. Retired about 10 years ago and love being retired <laughs> also. Uh, so that's a little bit about my professional background. Talk a little bit about interests, hobbies, like a little more of who are you? What do you do? Oh, goodness. Well, I know well, she's a gardener extraordinaire. I do. Right? I, I've always loved gardening. Yeah. I'm like the, you know, uncurable 
optimist when it comes to gardening. <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if it if it failed last year, you know, we're going to try again next spring, you know. <laughs> and uh, in fact, this past summer, we had so many tomatoes, we could not give them all away as my pantry and your pantry would testify to. Uh-huh. And so we've decided we're doing two two tomato plants this year. We'll see how we'll that see. really turns out. <laughs> so I love gardening. Um, we have an RV. We in, have enjoyed RVing. And uh, gosh, throughout y'all's career, yeah. my goodness, the things we have seen and the places we have been, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, we have a lot of great memories of travels and experiences. Yeah. And oh my, the stories, the stories. we could tell. <laughs> the stories we could tell. Um I I enjoy let's say I enjoy knitting and crocheting because now it's winter time and we're not gardening and there's only so much planning of gardening you can do so <laughs> yeah. you know I enjoy doing some uh sewing and knitting and crocheting things like that. I love being with my family. I love being with my granddaughters and mm-hmm. so to me that's like joy. That's yeah. the joy of my life. That's cool. And yeah. farming. And farming. Oh, I love riding down to the pigs. The pigs are my favorite. I just, I just love the pigs. Um, they grow so quickly, and I'm like, Dad, I was only here two weeks ago, and I think they've mm-hmm. doubled right. in size. You know, um, I, I love going and throwing some lettuce scraps out to the chickens mm-hmm. and watch them, you know, do chicken things. And so, yeah, yeah we love the farming as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, Shelley mentioned in the opening that. Um, sometimes it feels like your world stops turning. Uh, I would agree. There are people who will watch and listen, and they've heard the word cancer come out Mm. of a doctor's mouth before, Mm. and then there are people who hope they never hear that. Most people hope they never hear that. The thing that keeps... It it just kept uh, reverberating in my mind was... Where were you when the world stopped turning? And it it felt, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but it it just, um, being empathetic, it, it felt to me like that would be what the feeling is. Could you talk to us a little bit about um, that, that moment in time when you heard the word cancer? Yeah, um, I actually meant to bring the the purse with me, and I forgot it. But uh, the I had a, a, a biopsy, a needle biopsy, and um, then I got the phone call from the doctor's office, the nurse, who said, you know, she, your doctor, uh, she would like to meet with you to go over your pathology report. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean... I'm not sick, right? right? I'm well, I'm healthy, I don't get sick. My mantra, you know, the, the doctor the whole time when I was a kid and my mom would take us kids for our yearly checkup would declare me healthy as a horse, she's healthy as a horse. <laughs> and that's my entire mindset of life. And so for them to say, you know, she would like to meet with you to discuss your pathology report, I'm thinking, okay, you know, they're not going to probably discuss things like that over the phone. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm not concerned. I'm good. And so your dad and I are sitting there and she walked in and it's a really cool bag. It's like a tote, I guess you would call it. And it's kind of a black mesh with some pink, 
you know, woven through it and a pink like ribbon thing that's embroidered on it. And she's got it in this nice little bag, clear bag that's tied with a pink bow. Mm. And as soon, he never saw it. He never noticed it, didn't have a clue. Soon as I saw it, I went, my brain, I didn't change expression at all, but my brain went, this is not going to be good. Mm. Mm. Seriously. Mm. I mean, that was my exact thought. Mm. And so for me, in my thinking, my life at this moment, and it could change, but at this moment is BC and AD, mm-hmm. before cancer, after diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Wow. So everything you knew and thought and believed prior to that is still truth. It's still what it was. It's just not what it is from here forward. And so that was the dividing line for me, mm-hmm. was... Um, this is not going to be good. Right. Mm. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Now what? Hmm. Any, any thoughts or, or feelings about early, early screenings and, and those types of things? Like, was this a, you went for your first mammogram ever, or was this a, I'm a proponent of, of early detection and early screenings. Like, what, what, did, how, what are your feelings on that? Well, um, thankfully, I have really good health care. And, um, and I have a really good um, health professional. And she's wonderful. I love her to pieces. And um, she's insistent that you go for your yearly mammograms. Mm-hmm. And, um, again... I'm healthy. Okay. You know, what's it going to hurt? I go for my yearly screening. And um, it, it, I didn't say this before, and I'll go ahead and do a little bit of an aside. What The words that she used were invasive lobular carcinoma. You could have said Chinese. I mean, it was that foreign of a phrase. Hmm. I have a fairly decent command of the English language. And so I, you know, uh, invasive. Okay, got that. Carcinoma, definitely know what that means. But I hadn't ever heard of it before. Mm-hmm. It happens to be, it, it, it makes up about 10% of breast cancers. 90% is ductal carcinoma. And ductal carcinomas have Y'all, I'm not a medical professional. I've just done a lot of research. But anyway, they have a cohesiveness or like a glue that causes them to stick together. And they generally form lumps, which is why they tell you to check yourself regularly Mm -hmm. for lumps. This particular carcinoma does not have that cohesiveness. It doesn't have that glue. And it doesn't form lumps. It forms in a linear fashion in the lobules of the breast and um, is much more difficult to detect and nearly impossible to detect yourself until it's much further along. Mm. And so I'm just so thankful that I went for that mammogram. They're nearly impossible to see on a mammogram. I had a radiologist that actually saw something that caused concern. Mm. Mm. And then, yeah, then they, that health facility referred me to the next one and said, um, 
we'd like to get a 3D mammogram. We see something we don't like, and we'd like to look at it further. And so, of course, I went for the 3D mammogram. Again, I was expecting, okay, you mm-hmm, know, there's probably right, a right. speck on their <laughs> x-ray thing. Right. <laughs> and um, the uh, technician who performed the mammogram went next door to the radiologist, and he looked at it and said, I, I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I would like um, an ultrasound. So he took me immediately right next door, did the ultrasound. Um, you know how ultrasounds are. They do all the exploring around, taking all the pictures and measurements and all this and that. Still, I'm like, okay, you know. Um, the radiologist then said, I'm still not liking what I'm seeing. Mm. I would like to do a live ultrasound. In other words, is it okay if I come in and I want to look at what I'm looking at? And uh, he then said, I'd really like a uh, needle biopsy. And the technician checked her calendar and said, well, I have an opening tomorrow at 11. Would that be all right? I mean, sure, I'm retired. I mean, every day is Saturday in my <laughs> world, you know. And uh, so that's when they performed the needle biopsy. And it was about a week or 10 days later that I got the pathology report and fast forward diagnosis. So that's a long way around to answer the question you asked. And the answer is absolutely. Even if you are 70 years old, like I am and healthy as a horse, your whole life, Mm. go get the screenings done, go get them done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Step us through the, the next few moments, if you will, and then, um, continue it until you're, you're tired of talking about it. But from the time that, that you saw that bag, Mm um, talk to us, not, not as much about uh, the, the, the medical things, but more about the feelings, right? What, what was happening? Well, um, Having a master's degree in counseling, I have, uh, you know, of course, one of the classes was, you know, grief and dying Mm -hmm. and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the stages of grief. And um, of course, they're not concrete and absolute. But I would say that, of course, the first thing is shock Mm -hmm. because you're just like, okay, wait, I'm the healthy one. (laughs) You know, your dad has the heart issues, yakety shmackety. I'm, I'm, I'm never sick. Well, I mean, I might have a sore throat, stuffy nose or poison ivy, but I mean, that's it. We don't do sick. Right. And so shock, it's like, but like I said, it was just so obvious to me as soon as she walked in, it was just obvious. My brain went, this is not going to be good. Mm. And so, you know, I called you guys because I had told you that I would let you know what I found out. And I think I'm not generally paralyzed in a situation. That's not generally my reaction to a situation. Even when your dad had the issues that he's had with his heart, you know this, mm-hmm. you've seen me mm-hmm. in action. And I'm generally, I'm an action person. We're going to find out what we can do about this if there is anything we can do about this. Right. So I'm more prone to, you know, okay. This is what it is. What are we can't do one thing 
iota of anything to change what happened one second ago, right. we can only move forward from here. What are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'm an information gatherer. Mm. You know, I am going to go home and I'm going to, well, I actually went to my sister's house because I wanted to be able to tell her in person. Mm. And then I went home and then thankfully I don't have dial up that takes, you know, an hour and a half to download one, <laughs> you know, research uh, article, yeah. you know, and I, I get on the phone, on my phone, and I just start looking up. First of all, I don't need what is invasive lobular carcinoma, referred to as ILC, which I can say that mm-hmm. if it's okay. And I want to know what it is. You know, what did it? What does it look like? Where did it come from? Whatever, whatever. You know, what are the? Um, what's the prognosis? What's the? outcome, you know, what sorts of treatments are recommended, how much research has been done on this. And um, thankfully, I've been referred to, if I'm allowed to say where, Oklahoma Cancer Specialists and Research Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you know, the part I really love, Research Institute, you know, I (laughs) do, because I love information. I want to know things. And these folks do research and they participate in clinical studies and they're going to have the most cutting edge information. Mm-hmm. So first thing I'm doing is I, I, I want to find out what's going on and what is it and what, what can I expect? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Sure. So that was the first thing I did. And to be honest with you, i I'm not saying I'm out of the stage of shock. I'm probably still somewhat there. I'm probably still somewhat in the stage of denial. Like, pretty sure one of these days I'm going to wake up and go, holy cow, that was a bad nightmare, and I'm right. so happy it's over <laughs> with. <laughs> uh, you know, but um, I, I'm energized by looking for information. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I can do? I do not like the feeling of being helpless, Mm -mm. you know, and if there's anything at all I can do at all from this second forward, I want to know what it is and I'm going to do my best to try to, to find it and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm an action person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anything immediate that you changed in your life other than now, you know, now really diving into the research. Right. Did once, it cause... Once yeah, you gathered information, okay, so now, is there anything that Now you have some information. What what next? Was it a sit on the couch and and be upset? Like what what happened? What was what was next then? Okay. Well, I'm uh I'm prone to obsessive thinking anyway. I'm a headspace person. Um, So I know me well enough to know that to just sit on the couch and be upset is not... uh, My saying is when you find yourself in a deep hole, quit digging. So I'm generally, you know, not going to dig myself into a hole. And if I do, I'm hoping I recognize it and and get out of there because it's not helpful for me. So uh, I would say, you know, for me, life decision number one was get information. Mm. I'm sure that there are people, I I 
perhaps that are watching or listening to this that are like, Mm-mm, not me. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's cool. That's you. Sure. You do you, mm-hmm. you know? Well, as a result of the uh, research that I was doing, for lack of a better word, the studying, what um, I found out, I'm, I'm listening. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm not just consulting Dr. Google Pants, okay? I'm listening to medical specialists in the field of ILC. Right. I'm watching their TED Talks. I watched the 2023 Breast Cancer Symposium at Cleveland Clinic, okay? I'm listening to these folks and watching them. Well, there happened to be a... a an oncologist, a radiologist, a pathologist speaking, and she's using terminology that I'm not familiar with. I don't have a medical background, but I can look things up. And so she's using this about this pathology. And I thought, well, I got my pathology report right here. I'm going to go look at it, see if I can figure something out. Hmm. And what I figured out was something that the enemy I have been evaded with, I hate calling it my cancer, it's my enemy, Um, is what they call hormone receptor positive. Okay. Okay. And since I've been on hormone uh, therapy supplements for a long time, um, and my cancer seems to have receptors on the cell membranes that um, like they, 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 you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, steak and baked potato to them. They <laughs> like it. They're like, oh, hormones just went by. Estrogen went by here. Give us some of that. Uh-huh. Right? So life decision number two, done. Got it. Mm. Done. See? No more hormones. Mm-mm, because mm. I see this cancer as an enemy invasion. You are not invited I did not provoke you, and yet you have done this thing to me, and I refuse to continue to do anything that might help you to continue to exist in my system. Mm-hmm. And if hormones are one of those things, then that's, you know, information is number one. Number two is done with the estrogen. Got it. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I won't give you any more strength. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, speaking about um, ketogenic lifestyle mm. for a second, if, mm-hmm. if we could maybe course, uh, yeah. Yeah. morph into that. Yeah. So um, you guys have been doing this for about five years. Yeah. And if you, the viewer, have not had an opportunity to watch and listen to the things that I, I talk You're about. Fine. I talk with my hands, y'all. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> to, if you guys have not had the opportunity to watch and listen to many of their previous podcasts, I encourage you to do so. But anyway, um, as you said, to use your words, you know, I'm not going to harp on it. And you know me well enough to know that harping on it would just, you know, mm. the, the more one pushes, the more I'm going to resist <laughs> anyway. Um, so, but I've seen it. I've heard about it. I, we come here and we eat with you guys. We love it. You know, your food is wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, but we go home and we go back to 
not what I would call standard American diet. We try to be healthy, yeah. right? I oh, eat yeah. my oatmeal with my sugar-free syrup for right. breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, for lunch, I'm going to have my vegetable soup with a half of a grilled cheese sandwich, and it's made with the super-duper homemade ancient grains bread that I made. Yes. I mean, we right. healthy, yes. you yes. know, and yes. supper is going to, <laughs> yeah, I see you smiling. Supper is going to consist mm-hmm. of that, which we grew up on and we're familiar with, yeah. which is, you know, you've got a meat and a starch, it's potatoes or rice or pasta or something and, and a vegetable. Absolutely. And in, in my world growing up, vegetables yeah. also included corn and peas and That's things right. like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, but, all, of you us. Know, yeah. in, all the vegetables. Yes. And so we would, you know, uh, go back to that. So, and I know I haven't even shared this with you guys, you know, why have I in the past been resistant to adhering to a ketogenic lifestyle? I'll Mm. call it that, or Mm -hmm. a diet, whatever you want to call it. Well, I'm 70 years old Mm -hmm. and I know me. (laughs) And what you probably don't remember is something back way back when used to be called the uh, cottage cheese and grapefruit diet. Oh, yeah. And you were going to lose weight. Actually, grapefruit, because it was sour, it would melt fat cells. Oh. Oh. And I didn't like grapefruits, Mm. and they were pretty sour, and it made perfect sense to me. I'm like, (laughs) dude, it's going to melt the fat cells. I mean, if nothing else is going to melt fat cells, it It ought to be grapefruit. That's right. (laughs) I didn't stick with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't still live off cottage cheese and grapefruit. Mm. And so then there was also, because I've always obsessed over my weight, whether I was actually overweight or not, I believed I was, and I needed to do something about it. So then there was the calorie counting stage of my life. And sure. you probably mm. can remember some of that. You know, stay under 1,200 calories a day. Stay under mm. 1,000 calories a day. Oh, yeah. And you had, we didn't have the internet, of course, but right. you had the book yes. that had, you know, the, the calories for a cup of whatever, or a tablespoon or whatever. Yes. I was appalled when I discovered that ketchup had calories. Right. <laughs> right. Who knew? <laughs> not only can I not eat the french fries, I can't even have the ketchup. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I. So calorie counting you know, went by the wayside with grapefruits and cottage cheese, right. <laughs> which I still like cottage cheese. Yeah. Well, so I know you remember this. I went through many years, many, many, many years of walking. I walked before work, after work, on the weekends, never less than three miles a day, upward of 10 miles a day in the summertime when I didn't have to work or I wasn't working. I was on school schedule. I mean, walk. 10 miles a day, hundreds and hundreds of miles to try to control, you know, Mm -hmm. though any weight gain, lose weight. Well, a couple of years ago, I went for an MRI on my left hip, was told by the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon, you need a complete hip replacement and your hip is you know, it, shot. I, I do good to walk from, you know, the kitchen to the table <laughs> to sit down and eat. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the word abhor is the strongest word I can think of, but there are many more stronger words, I'm sure, to tell you how much I abhor the idea of surgery. Mm. 
and we're just not doing it. So no, we're not doing a hip replacement. <laughs> it is elective, and I elect not to do it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I no longer walk. <laughs> you know, not for distance. I, sure. you know, I yeah. try to walk as much as I can, stay active. Um, so ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Why am I resistant? Because I'm not going to stick with it, y'all. I know I'm not. (laughs) So why am I even going to start? Why am I going to empty the pantry of all my, you know, black beans and rice and my stovetop stuffing and my whole wheat pastas because they're healthy? That's right. You know, when I know it's only a matter of time, we're just going to go buy some more. (laughs) (laughs) Don't throw it away. Yeah, Yeah, just don't (laughs) even bother to throw it away. That's right. So uh, life decision number three. Because remember, I'm still researching and studying mm. and finding. I, I, I don't, because of my background in education and because of the master's degree that I was compelled, not I wasn't compelled to get a degree. I was just compelled by Florida Atlantic University to do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you don't have an opinion. Your opinion counts for zero. Mm-hmm. These people who have studied things and have the data to support it, because I say this to you guys even about choice of chickens, you know, right. Right. data-driven decisions. Sure. Right. So I want to know what what are the cancer research people saying about this uh, possible connection mm-hmm. between carbohydrates, sugars, glucose, insulin, you know, just kind of lump that all together. Mm -hmm. What are they saying about a possible connection between that and cancer? Mm -hmm. Mm. And uh, hard and fast rule, if you're doing research, correlation does not equal causation. So I, you know, let me say that to start with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the um, podcasts that I was able to watch, and I know I forwarded you guys the link, and I believe you might want to put it at the end of this. Okay. Um, I think it was called Target Cancer. But anyway, it was a Dr. Sanjay, and I, his last name, J-U-N-E-J-A. He's a medical oncologist. And the guest that he had that day was Dr. Christy Kesslering. And she's a radio, radiology oncologist. Okay. Okay. Oncologist, radiologist. Okay. Some sort of ist, yeah, right? Okay. Got it. okay. <laughs> Some sort of ologist. Um, but mm-hmm. just to, um, if you don't mind, I, I, yeah. I want to read a couple of her quotes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who are viewing, please don't take my word for anything. Please watch this, her, that podcast mm-hmm. or any others that you like, mm-hmm. but watch something from a medical uh, background. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, she says, one of her quotes, Cancer cells upregulate the number of insulin receptors they have on their surface, and they upregulate, all one word, upregulate, their glucose transporters. And so I said... Upregulate. I can I can envision you pausing the podcast. Of course I did because I went (laughs) upregulate. I mean, English word, I can read it, 
but it sounds like it might have a medical connotation. Maybe I should see what this means. Mm -hmm. And so I look it up and there are more medical mumbo jumbo words. And I keep looking until I find something that sounds, oh, okay, I can get this. So upregulate to increase the responsiveness of a cell to a stimulus. Mm. Number two, to increase the number of receptors on a cell membrane. Then I go back to her quote, cancer cells upregulate the number of insulin receptors they have on their surface, and they upregulate their glucose transporters. Mm. And we've talked about it in the past, and you obviously have listened about insulin being that mechanism that opens the cells to the glucose. Yes. And so that obviously had some spoke to you. And Absolutely. then it also saying that it increases the number of, or the ability to then take in the glucose. That's exactly so right. not only does it take more, it, it allows you know, the insulin receptors say it allows it to happen and then it makes more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like these voracious little critters, you know, I think of hungry, hungry hippos. I mean, mm, yeah. it's like yeah. an insulin, whatever an insulin looks like it goes by and a glucose goes by and maybe even some estrogen goes by and the hungry, hungry hippos go gobble, 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 gobble. You know, the, the cell again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just, you know, doing my best here. But the cell membrane, and and she shows it on this podcast, kind of like a cartoonish, it's not cartoon, but it's like a graphic okay. that shows um, regular cells, and they're, they kind of looked like little volcanoes, and they had a little opening, and they could take in glucose. Well, she shows like a cancer cell, and the opening is larger, and there's a key, and it turns the key, and it just allows mm. or takes in the glucose it takes in the insulin it uses it for energy that's mm-hmm. just my summary mm-hmm. yeah right side note to say that you can starve cancer is a fallacy do mm-hmm. not believe that okay if we could starve cancer cells we wouldn't need anything else that's going on in cancer world and research we would just figure out how to starve them that'd be the end of it mm-hmm. but According to Dr. Kesslering, a couple of her quotes, and I'm just jumping in the middle. Mm-hmm. She says, um, "Actually, let me let me wait a second. Our healthy cells, of which I have a whole lot more of those than <laughs> yes, I do, do the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they love to operate off glucose. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they get energy off of the the carbohydrates and the health. You know, the glucose that we eat." They, um, they can't use all of it. Sometimes, you know, if folks like me, I mean, baked potato, y'all, hmm, comfort food, love me a baked potato. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they don't use it all. Glucose goes floating by. They send it to the liver. The liver says, what am I supposed to do with this? All right, I'll store it as fat. No worries. Um, and, and the cells are happy with that. My good cells are happy with that. My cancer mm-hmm. cells are happy with that. Everybody's happy. Um, but to deprive, l- let's say, to reduce the amount of carbohydrates mm-hmm. that I'm taking in mm-hmm. to a level at which, you know, I mean, I could probably eat grass and there'd probably be some like carbs in it. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, right. bro- broccoli has 
carbohydrates, mm-hmm. you know, but um, to reduce the number of carbs that I'm taking in, um, my healthy cells use it up and, and the cancer cells, you know, are sitting there going, where's, where's the good stuff? And uh, from the research that you guys have mentioned and that I've done, um, it's not a problem. Your body is really just as happy. Your cells are just as happy with ketones. Mm. The liver says, what? No excess glucose? No worries. We'll produce ketones. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, in my belief, I suppose I would say, the result of zillions of years of humans on mm-hmm. Earth. Right? Yeah. This is a... Uh, a survival tactic that mm-hmm. our bodies have developed mm-hmm. because there was a time when, you know, you had to forage for everything. You know, my ancestors, for example, your ancestors, you know, we had to forage for what we could eat. And in the summertime, maybe we had berries and roots of some sort and they contained carbohydrates. But in winter, we might have only had some dried buffalo meat or something. Right. 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 And so if you, if, that human lived to procreate, their body had to be pretty efficient at producing ketones so they could continue to live through the winter and grow up and make more people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So knowing all of that, and again, I'm really oversimplifying y'all, but knowing all of that, it's like, okay, wait, let me get this straight. Cancer cells are energized by glucose but they're not particularly adapted or adept at taking in ketones. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. So ketones will do fine for my healthy cells and the cancer cells are like, mm, no, oh, okay. where's the good stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the little, those little white donuts, <laughs> right? Where's the baked potatoes? <laughs> where's the pasta? You know, mm-hmm. and so having said that, let me jump to what um, r- I'm just right in the middle of her entire conversation. Right. I encourage anyone to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she says her this is her. These are her words. Ketones make cancer cells somewhat malnourished. Hmm. Hmm. See, remember, I said we can't starve them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we can deprive them of some of the nourishment that they really enjoy, which right. is insulin and glucose. And she also says, in conjunction with medication and treatments, the result is weakened cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what do you think my life decision number three was? <laughs> uh, we're going to weaken these suckers and we're going to malnourish them. And we're going to, for me, this is a war Mm. that has been declared upon my tent that I live in. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do what it takes to everything to my abilities and all the weapons and all of the arsenals, including medical everything's to try to destroy this enemy before it can destroy me. Mm Mm-hmm. And if this is one little grain of sand of something I can do 
then that's my little grain of sand. I'm hanging on to it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And like I have said, you know, I'm going into this battle with my pea shooter. <laughs> that's right. But by golly, I'm going to shoot something. I'm going to shoot something. <laughs> you know, it <clears throat> it helps me to uh, lessen the feeling of powerlessness. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I could say I feel less powerless. Mm-hmm. I, I I won't say I feel more powerful, you yeah. know, because yeah. that would be for me that would seem foolish. Mm-hmm. But I feel less powerless if I have a pea shooter, mm-hmm. you know, and that uh, and and to go back to what I originally said, why not switch to ketogenic, you know, lifestyle that includes beverages and foods and all? Well, because I wasn't going to stick with it, right? Mm. Well, how long do you? I think I'm gonna stick with this one. Mm-hmm. Like well, you said, motivations. Different. I don't know how long do you plan to brush your teeth. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I used to say to the granddaughters because there might have been one or two of them that wasn't a big toothbrusher yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, only brush the ones you intend to keep. Right, that's right. <laughs> only do this as long as. And so, how long am I uh, planning to do this? Uh, committed to doing this? Mm-hmm. Well. Because this ILC cancer, this invasive lobular carcinoma, is prone to uh, metastasizing. That means it is prone to moving to other parts of the body, like gastrointestinal Hmm. and uh, reproductive. Well, I don't have any reproductive left, but I got some gastrointestinal Mm -hmm. left, and I just Mm -hmm. soon it didn't go there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's also very prone to recurring Mm. or coming back. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how long am I going to continue to try to malnourish it and weaken it? And as long as I'm on this side of the grass, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, the, the odds are very good. In fact, the oncologist mentioned this as well, that they will probably be prescribing um, a medication that I would take orally. Um, how long? Every day. For mm. how long? The rest of your life, mm. you know, right. the rest of the time that you want this to maybe not recur. Right. Well, that would be the rest of my life. Right. You know, um, and as with all medications, it is not without negative side effects. Yeah. And so if I'm going to do that to my body, if I'm going to cause possible negative side effects to mm-hmm. occur, why in the world would I sabotage it by feeding any potential cancer cells the things that they like to use to be nourished? Mm-hmm. Was she referencing any cancer cells or that one specific? This one was cancer cells. Oh, okay. She was not specific to ILC. Okay. She was simply saying they're, after you know the research, mm-hmm. that they have... How do you even see a cancer cell? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you even see a cell membrane mm-hmm. on a cancer cell? Yeah. And a mitochondria and a, a gene and a DNA and, oh, mm-hmm. sheesh, I mm-hmm. don't know. How do you even see these things? Mm-hmm. But what they've been able to see yeah. it, as a result of, you know, laboratory studies, because obviously they can't give humans cancer and then see how they react to things. But anyway, what they have seen is... Apparently, on this cell membrane, it has, I don't know the word, adapted, developed, I don't know. It has receptors on it Mm -hmm. that love 
glucose. Insulin and glucose. Mm-hmm. So in the past, what is it now? Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks ago um, yesterday, January the 19th. Y'all. What, what has been your response to keto lifestyle? Like, has it been terrible? And where's my <laughs> potatoes? Like, what, what's, it, what's it been? Oh, adverse. Golly. Have you seen I, I any adverse reactions really, or benefits? I, I really think that it uh, is because of, it, it's, it's a result of your mindset. It, I mean, for me, like I can't say you, but mm. for me, it's a result of my mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, once I have, y'all know me, if I've mm-hmm. made a decision, I, yeah. I, it's hard and fast. I'm yeah. an all or nothing yeah, person. Right. And, uh, you know, there's no gray area here. There's no, well, maybe once in a while. No, it's just no. We're going, we're going with this. We're mm-hmm. not... Uh, th- if they told me, I guess, to, you know, eat tree bark, I'd eat tree bark and that'd be the damn end of it. Uh-huh. Sorry. That would be the end of it. Sorry. Uh, um, yeah. So I, you can tell, I mean, I feel energized, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here going, oh, man. Oh, I didn't have my oatmeal this morning. Right. You know, mm-hmm. no, I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like food. You know, mm-hmm. I like meat. I like vegetables. I'm not a big, I hate, green peas, canned green peas anyway. And I'm not a big fan of corn, but I love, you know, green beans and cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower and squash yeah. and, you know, real food, real food. Mm-hmm. And I like growing those things, yes. you know, so I like eating those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get, we buy our meat from you guys. So mm-hmm. I know, I mean, I've been down there to feed the pigs each mm-hmm. day. I right. know what they eat. Right. I know what they do. Sure. I know what your chickens and lambs and all. So mm-hmm. I I know this is good, clean food. Mm-hmm. I see the bags in your barn that say non-GMO. Right. right. I mean, you know, yeah. so I have no hesitation and no qualms whatsoever mm-hmm. of eating good, healthy mm-hmm. Real, clean, whatever words you want to use, food. Do I feel whatever, whatever. Um, Occasional, you know, cheeks start to flush, right, as Mm -hmm. a result of um, coming off of the estrogen, you know, supplements, the daily. I mean, y'all, it was the size of a small watermelon seed cut in half. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Mm -hmm. no more of that. Mm -hmm. And of just severely re well not that, that the word's too much just restricting the carb intake mm-hmm. that i mm-hmm. have yeah i don't have cravings mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't you know get up from supper and go sit on the couch and watch tv while my brain is going what else do i want to eat right <laughs> what's in the pantry what sounds good to you ooh I love dark chocolate. I think I have a couple of little dark chocolate things. I'm yeah. not sure if I'm allowed to say, you know, brand right. names, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, you can say what you want. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of, you know, I probably have some little dove dark chocolates uh-huh. in there. I have one or two. One or mm-hmm. two's not going to hurt. Right. You know, I don't do that. Right. I just, we eat, but I eat between noon and six. Mm-hmm. So you're intermittent fasting as well? Absolutely. Sounds I mean, like it. first of all, after watching your oh, video, your right. What's that thing called? Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, after watching your podcast, uh-huh. and uh, again, we're we're kind of tying this back into insulin mm-hmm. receptors and right. reuptakes, right? right? And wanting to just you know keep that insulin level more stable, right? And I've 
if my mother were alive today, could confirm this, hated breakfast my whole life anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> easy. So I'm perfectly happy to cut out breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, eat at noon, eat at six, no cravings. I'm not getting the shakes. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm... I don't sleep anyway. I never have since he was born. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I, as we always said, I could hear a mouse fart. I mean, you know, it wake me up. <laughs> right. <laughs> a cockroach cockroach carpet and I am awake. Then, yeah. you know, right. Elizabeth's hamster gets out and climbs the curtains behind the bed in the middle of the night. Oh, I'm done. I'm right. not sleeping again. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think it has affected my sleep one way or the no. other. Um, but I would expect after the number of years that you were on an, a hormone replacement therapy that your body's reaction to even titrating off, right, right. your body's reaction in my mind, would have been extreme. It would have been hot flashes. It would have been been flushed face. It would have been sweating and moodiness and crankiness. Yes, absolutely. Like all of these things. Are you saying you haven't experienced that? No. And I mean, you know, like I said, you can probably see my, and I mean, I've got on a jacket, you know, Mm -hmm. my cheeks will tend to flush, but they were doing that on, on the medication. Mm -hmm. Y'all know that Mm -hmm. you would see me. Mm -hmm. Um, And my, moodiness more tends toward I don't I get I'm not sure if the word depression might be a little too much but it'll tend on on that spectrum Mm -hmm. uh more so than just you know being cranky or whatever I'm cranky to start with you know (laughs) I'm cray cray and I'm cranky but I mean (laughs) it'll it tends more toward I'll just sit there and stare at the wall and myself will tell myself, you really should get up and drink some water. And myself will answer, I don't care. Right. You know, you, you need to get up and eat something. I don't care. Mm -hmm. So I tend more that direction. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you guys have been around me and talked with me and seen me for this past, I mean, three weeks. Um, but you could probably attest to the fact that I am seeming, maybe I'm on an adrenaline high Mm. here y'all, but I am not feeling, I'm not feeling overwhelmed because I feel as if I've made moves in the right direction. I'm not just sitting here in my mud puddle Mm -hmm. while it rains. With right. no raincoat, no umbrella. Right. The one thing that we discussed was, without talking to you about it at mm-hmm. all, was that it appeared to us that you had a lot more mental clarity. Like it, it, it was getting to, I mean, you know, we laugh about old timers and it wasn't that. Right, right. But it was getting to, the, things were seeming a little foggy and it would not be uncommon to hear something twice uh-huh. oh, yeah. in the same visit or maybe <laughs> yeah. even a third time, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And we we would sort of chuckle and, and yeah. be like, well, it's mm-hmm. it's a little foggy. <laughs> and yeah. um, I think the, the most obvious thing to us of the change was that seems to be like gone. Gone. I mean, you are like gone. We're firing on all eight cylinders around here. You are (laughs) cooking, as evidenced in this discussion, right? Yeah. That you're. Do you are are we looking into things, or would you attest to the same? Well, 
I don't have to tell you guys, my face is like a neon sign. I mean, if I'm thinking it, it's probably coming. You know, I try to use my inside voice face, but sometimes it gets away from me. I think I got that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine why. So, uh, no, you're not seeing anything that is um, uh, false. You're mm -hmm. not seeing, you know, oh, I'm just putting on a good face for you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just like... This, mm -hmm. this is me. Mm -hmm. um, like I said a minute ago, once in a while, I still have to search for a word, you know, but yeah. uh, it, no, I, I, like I said, maybe it's an adrenaline high, maybe I'm whatever, but I'm, I'm good, y'all. I'm good. You know, I have an MRI coming up this week. Week after that, I'll meet with the uh, breast surgeon. Mm -hmm. And from there, I, I don't know. There are a whole lot of things I don't know, mm -hmm. but whatever it is I need to know, tell it to me because mm -hmm. I want to have information sure. and I will do anything I can mm -hmm. to rid myself of this, this invader. Right. So in, in these past couple of weeks, few weeks, have, has there been any support that you have found helpful or that you could recommend if someone else is dealing with some an issue similar at least is there something that you would say hey this has really helped me or you know i've i've looked into or or that was not helpful like are there yeah. any any things um along those lines? well i anticipated that question and so what i thought to myself was there's a man that uh i love very much and miss him very much his name is mickey evans mm. and he used to say i'm just ned in the first reader. Hmm. So I'm really early on in this deal, y'all. And don't think I'm crying because I stopped taking my estrogen. I do this anyway. But, you know, um, I, I can't give advice to anyone who's further down the road than I am mm -hmm. because I'm not there yet and you right. guys are. Yeah. But if you're where I am and you're only a couple, three weeks into the journey <laughs> that you have been put upon because this is a marathon, not a sprint, mm -hmm. right? It's a lifelong, yeah. you know, I would say, um, if, sorry, I bumped the microphone. Yeah. If, uh, gaining information is helpful for you, do it. If changing something in your lifestyle is helpful for you, do it. If you are not an all or nothing person like me and you say, I can't, I, I can't do all that at once. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, I used to teach my students the Japanese Kaizen, and it says little by little, bit by bit, I'm improving every day. Mm -hmm. Do one small thing, mm -hmm. just one thing today, and then pat yourself on the back for having done it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Tell yourself, good job, you. You mm -hmm. got this. Mm -hmm. You know, so what I would say to anyone who's where I am at the three-week mark, you know, AD, is um, you do you, mm -hmm. you know, do what works for you. But for me, because I'm a talker, uh, I tell anybody and everybody, mm -hmm. right? I put it on my social media. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it out here with you guys. Like I said, first place I went, I went to my sister's house and talked to her face-to-face, mm -hmm. -face, right. you know, um, that was on Friday. On Saturday, the fam family got together, you know, mm -hmm. her, you know, my nieces and nephews and my brother and um, other folks in the, I told them, mm -hmm. you know, I've told my aunts and, you know, uh, 
friends on social media have reached out and, you know, it's overwhelming, really, the number of people who Mm -hmm. say, you know, I'm praying for you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a praying person, then, you know, uh, encourage others to pray for you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about me and you don't even know what to say, just say, you know, help, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, because, um, yeah, I I definitely feel, mm-hmm. the, you know, the results of that, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you will be able to include this or not, mm-hmm. or if you want to include this, but um, you know, because I live in my head and because I obsess and I have like what I call circular obsessive thinking, I just <laughs> you know I recycle it and we just think it all again. <laughs> um, so you know, for those first few days, um, man stomach is just turning, churn, churning, like, you know, flip-flops mm-hmm. and just the, just the anxiety. Cause remember I hate surgery a yeah. lot. Yeah. I don't do needles. I don't do scalpels. You know, I have a, a, a trauma in my past surgery that I am, we do not do surgery people. So, uh, the whole idea of I'm going to have to be in this world called medical <laughs> short of some antibiotics mm-hmm. for a sore throat or some steroids yeah. for some poison ivy, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh-uh, no, I don't like that kind of stuff. And so, man, my stomach was just flipping and flopping. And one morning I'm making my coffee. I drink it black, by the way. Um, not making my coffee. And I didn't have that feeling that stomach churning, you know, obsessive thought circling around. And I, and I, I mean, it was that noticeable Hmm. that I, I, I saw it, I felt it, I experienced it. And I was like, dude, (laughs) (laughs) are we still here? (laughs) You know, am I still, I think this is my coffee. (laughs) I'm not in my dream world. And as, and again, Uh Agree, don't agree, whatever. As clearly as this right here, I heard in that still, calm voice, it's the prayers. People are praying for you. And I believe that. So Mm -hmm. if that's part of your support and it's helpful to you to whatever extent People pray, and to whomever they choose to pray, yeah. you know, encourage that. Sure. You know, if you are like me and you don't, I'm not trying to be so private that it's like, oh my goodness, this is my news and I'm not sharing it with anyone. Right. If you feel like you can share it with others and that helps you, share it with others. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. the support you can receive from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people want to care. Right. Mm-hmm. And they can't do anything, but. Maybe they can pray and they, you know, they want to care about you, but they can't care about what they don't know about. Mm, that's true. So, you know, if you feel like that is something that helps you, mm-hmm. then, you know, allow other people to, yeah. to know what's mm-hmm. going on. Sure. Mm, that was good. You know, I do my morning little uh, Bible app, uh-huh. and boy, oh boy, have they just been boom, 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 yeah. at least to me, every mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. My brain's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that was interesting timing right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one morning it Recently, it was, I believe it's Deuteronomy 31, 4, but uh, I don't have like word for word, but it was, you know, uh, the Lord goes ahead of me and he, you know, do not fear, do not be afraid. You will not fail Mm -hmm. and you will not falter, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I got it. Okay. I'm good. I could do that. Right. I encourage anyone who might have, um, I feel like you've given us the privilege of joining you today. If you're, (laughs) if you're being persistent enough to see this all the way to the end, you go, (laughs) (laughs) go you. Um, and I encourage you to reach out these guys. I've, I've seen them in action. You know, they love, um, comments. They love interacting mm-hmm. with the folks that see their podcasts and comment or ask questions or even offer up, you know, opinions or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, so I encourage the viewers to, you know, reach out mm-hmm. to these guys, ask questions, send comments. Um, if it spoke to you and you know someone or you're related to someone, you work with someone who might be going through something, you know, and you feel like this would, you know, maybe encourage them or, or I don't you know, make them mad. I don't know, you know, um, you know, uh, share it with them, mm-hmm. you know, sure. yeah. but that's really it. I, okay. If you got questions, ask them. Mm-hmm. If we know the answer, we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you guys. This has been great. This has been amazing. Yeah. I I really do appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. Mm -hmm. And thank you, you Mm -hmm. know, for giving me the platform to join you guys Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, like I said, put a word of encouragement out there to just one other person. Yep. Sure. It was worth it. it. Yep. It's all cool. That's exactly how we feel. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely do. For sure. Good. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, (laughs) y'all.